Welcome to On Texas Football. It's time for State of the Program. I'm with I'm Bobby Burton with Eric Nalene, publisher, InsideTexas.com. It's brought to you by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Eric, uh, Longhorns beat TCU, kind of exercised some demons in Fort Worth. Uh, that, you know, it's been the one team that maybe has given Texas the most problems out of everybody in the Big 12, with the possible exception of OU over the years uh, since their entry uh, to the Big 12. But now the Longhorns are going to play a team that also has given them problems in recent past, and that's Iowa State. Uh, the Longhorns going two aims, uh, and uh, they are seem to be a little bit of a resurrected program. What kind of, you know, what kind of mental and physical test do you expect for the Longhorns this weekend? Well, you know, I think uh, they have a lot of familiarity with this Iowa State team. You know, it's still Matt Campbell, a head coach, eighth year. Uh, Heacock has been his wingman the whole time, so they, they know the defense well. They know what they're going to try to do on offense. So, you know, I don't think it's a mentally taxing game uh, all that much, but it is going to be physically taxing. They play extremely hard. Texas is going to have to play hard for four quarters. I think there is some validity to what Matt Campbell said a couple years, or not Matt Campbell, but Brees Hall said a couple years ago about five-star culture versus five-star players. Um, I think that's an okay encapsulation of the programs at the time. I do think Texas's culture is is better than it was at that time, certainly than it was uh, when it, when that quote was said. Uh, so yeah, they got to be ready to play for four four, four quarters. That's that's the main problem. Uh, Iowa State isn't Texas's biggest opponent this week. It's Texas and and playing consistently well uh, for long stretches. Look, I, I wrote on Inside Texas this morning in a column. Texas had roughly twelve players that are what I consider the backbone or core of the, the program, whether it's Jalen Ford, Byron Murphy, Xavier Worthy, um, Tavondre Sweat, Jake Majors, JT. They were all on that bus and or at that game uh, after they played uh, Iowa in Iowa State at Ames two years ago. You know, wh what do you think that means and how that program culture has changed and how that might affect them this weekend uh, as they travel to Iowa State. Well, yeah, I was, obviously that was a landmark moment where, uh, you know, Bo Davis uh, had his tirade on the bus. I don't even, you know, I was fine with the tirade. Uh, reading the quote again the other day was funny with all the asterisks everywhere. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty colorful uh, language there. Uh, but I think that was a, a big moment for the program. It, it certainly was for Sark, a clarifying moment where he realized just how big of the rebuild was. And really the players that wanted to stay after he had those uh, difficult conversations uh, with each individual player after, at the end of the team uh, in December, I think that was important to see who was really bought in. And the players that you just mentioned and, and many more were, were bought in. They remained. They worked hard. A lot of them have grown uh, personally since that moment. Tavondre Sweat, I don't think anybody has matured as much uh, in his time at Texas, um, not just as a player, but as a person, as Tavondre Sweat. And, you know, I think that's most indicative by his decision to return. You know, that was a mature decision and, and he's going to be re rewarded for it. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, I think Sark bought into the players that remain and the, and, and the players did the same for Sark. And, and we're seeing the results of that. All right. Uh, before we go for, forward, I want to say thank you to our sponsor. Uh, that sponsor is Adam Lowy of Lowy Law Firm. He's been helping injured Texans for a couple decades now. All you have to do is give him a call. 512-280-0800. Visit him at LowyLawFirm.com. Uh, when you do so, Adam will give you a free consultation. Uh, and tell you whether or not you've been your injury may be something that deserves uh, representation and compensation. That's 512-280-0800. Eric, you and I talked a little bit before this this uh, this interview today. And one of the things we talked about discussing is the second half swoon of Texas and uh, Steve Sarkeesian. 
uh, it looked like Texas had kind of overcome that early in the season. They dominated, for example, Alabama in the first half. But the last three, three of the last four games, whether it was Houston uh, or Kansas State or most recently TCU, the Longhorns have had this second half swoon that frankly is reminiscent of Steve Sarkeesian's first season in Austin, more so than his, his last or earlier this year. Is this regression? Is this the natural state of football for being up 20 points? Is it Texas not taking the you know what by the hand and yeah and and stepping on their throat? What what is it? Well, you know, like with most most things, I think there's a lot of different aspects to it. It's not just you know, there's not a one size fits all answer for it. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the you know lack of execution on the players' part. I think so that they do lack intensity once they get up to a big lead, but that's that's on Sark as well. Um, you know, I think we saw that even versus U of H, the, the intensity seems to drop off, or at least the, the focus does. And when you lack focus, you make more mental errors. We've seen far too many mental mistakes in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we saw some very poor tackling and angles uh, last week, which is usually effort and focus. Um, I think there's some aspects of situational play calling, both on offense and defense. I think Sark tends to get too, um, uh, you know, I don't know if stubborn is the right word, but, you know, there's, there's play calls to take advantage of, I believe, when you run the ball eight times in a row. Uh, and it's third and one. They're going to load the box. You've got to know they're going to load the box. That they're susceptible to an easy play action completion for a, for a big gain there. Gain there. Uh, and I think uh, the defense is, is play plays two lacks at times in the second half as well. Um, you know, I don't. They're not playing off uh, as much, nearly as much as uh, fans are saying. Uh, but they're not. They're not blitzing as much. They're not bringing as much pressure. They're they're more relaxed up front. That that's a good question. So talking to Rod Babers last uh, night on the Longhorn live stream. You know, we got into this discussion of whether or not te Texas has pro players at defensive line, at linebacker, at cornerback, most likely. Do they have, uh, other than Derek Williams, who's a true freshman, do they have a pro player right now at safety? Is that the weak spot that the uh, schools are are exposing, whether it be as a tackle as a tackling or when Texas can't get pressure up front? because they take a little bit more relaxed approach and want to keep everything in front of them. Well, I mean, they, they definitely lack some top-end talent that we see in other other positions. We've talked about that before as well. Uh, but a lot of teams play sound defense with safeties that aren't going to get drafted. Iowa State is, is a good example of that. Uh, maybe they have a guy that's going to get drafted this year. But uh, a lot of, a lot of teams have had good team, good defenses. Some of those Wisconsin defense were with uh, Leonard was there. Now, of course, he was a DB, so they're, they're receiving a different level of coaching. But um, you see, I've seen it a lot where there's not a safety drafted yet. They put the safeties are good. Um, there's no excuse for the mental errors, playing the wrong leverages, uh, missing tackles, not using the sideline uh, when you should. Um, that's more of a uh, that's not necessarily pure talent. That's a lot of times that's effort or focus. You know, like I said, too many mental mistakes and mental mistakes aren't really dependent on your, your physical talent. Um, what do you make of Sark talking about tackling? I mean, it the in you is that just about leverage like Savion Williams went off against Texas a lot of yeah. yards after catch for him he called out a play in particular that ended up being a 40 yard plus game that was literally that was, a yeah that was that's the one that was yeah, that's one of the most difficult plays to watch all season really that was you know there's three guys right there uh, other guys could have made the play after he broke loose that was just that was poor it was uh, probably the poorest tackling we've seen since that one play uh, at Alabama um, you got a disco ball going on back there? Yeah, I know. My my light just started going nuts, Eric. I don't know what happened. Let me let me turn another one on here and let get that going. Maybe that'll uh, minimize that. 
Yeah, I, you know, what makes up for that? I, I don't know. I think it was, uh, was it Keaton Crawford playing safety there that was uh, totally out of sorts? And I think he kind of uh, obstructed everybody else getting after the ball carrier as well. I, you know, I think they play some players that um, maybe too much that, you know, in cer- or in certain circumstances where it, it, it's going to, it's going it, to, there's a cost to pay for it. You know, at, at this point, we know that, you know, if you run behind Hayden Connor on third and one, it's probably not going to go well. I think that was more of a Savion Red mistake. Um, but yeah, it, there's just some bad situational football overall. And generally speaking, you know, I think the defense has been good this year. Uh, situationally, especially in the second halves, it seems to to drop off for whatever reason. Some of that, again, some of that is uh, PK not bringing the pressure when he should. Uh, I think he's trying not to give up the big play, and when he's trying not to give up the play, big play, he's actually giving up big plays. Uh, so I think they need to retool that. Sark even mentioned some of that um, in his uh, Monday press conference. Eric, this brings up brings me to a good point. It, it's it feels like sometimes we're nitpicking. I mean, that's, that's what we do, right? It's the, the critique, but I look back at it and I think fans do too. And like, we're happy as you know what <laughs> to be nine yeah. and one. Right. So how, how do you, you know, how did we marry those two ideas together that yes, they're the Longhorns are nine and one, but you know, there's still things that, that people are looking, they want to, they want to blow teams out. They don't want to, yeah. they don't want to have a heart attack every Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening. Uh, where do you, how do you marry those two things? Well, you know, I think there are, you know, the, the fringe groups, there seems to be one fringe that only watches the first half and another group that only watches the second half. Uh, you know, <laughs> you've got your optimists and your pessimists. You know, I think if you watch the whole game, uh, you can't be colored by one half or the other half in, in one direction. You know, you have to take the whole thing in. Um, but I think it's easy to critique this team where it, where it needs it. Sark does it. Um, you know, he, he says himself that they have to play to a standard and they're not, they haven't been playing to a standard in these second halves. So I think that that opens them up, you know, right, right there for criticism. And, and, and Sark says, you know, Sark after a big win about Alabama, win, he'll say, you know, I think head coaches take on the personality of their team. Um, you know, that's what he says. You can't just say that in the good games. You can't just say that after the first half that has to go for the whole thing. Uh, so I think it's, I think it's fair to critique them. It's also, uh, it's also exciting that they're nine and one. Uh, it's praiseworthy. They've shown tremendous growth. Uh, look, we were talking about the Bo Davis uh, bus uh, incident two years ago. That the program has come a long way. Uh, so you know, we're talking the mi- macro versus micro looks. I think. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's not. Look, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but you can still, right. you know, teach the baby to wash under his arms, right? Well, it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's concerning because it's going to cost. Them, it's likely to cost them in some way. It could cost them either with uh, with the voters and making the playoffs, even if they, you know, if it's uh, Texas versus Oregon. Uh, Oregon beats Washington in the, in the uh, Pac-12 championship. <clears throat> that could, you know, Oregon's ahead of Texas right now. What would the committee say to say, oh, all of a sudden Texas is better if they beat a lesser team than Washington in, in the Big 12 championship, which would happen because <laughs> Washington's better than everybody else in the Big 12. Uh, and it also can, uh, you know, it also could, they could also get caught slipping this weekend uh, on the road if they, if they don't play a good game. Now, you know, Iowa State doesn't have the greatest offense, um, but, you know, TCU didn't have the greatest offense either. So, you know, they, they've got to play better for four quarters. Like I said, they're, they're their own worst enemy at times, but they're also, you know, when they're playing on all cylinders, it's a sight to see. Uh, speaking with Eric Nolene, publisher, InsideTexas.com. That's where Eric and I are each and every day, uh, writing articles, answering questions on the message board. That's InsideTexas.com. Eric, the, the other thought here that I had uh, is this, I don't know even what you would call it, the, the offensive lineman uh, uh, for uh, uh, Iowa State makes a – kind yeah. of a ridiculous comment last night or yesterday afternoon at their player availability uh, at the university uh, for Iowa state. What do you make of that? I mean, is, is that something that you think Texas players should 
cling on to that, that I mean Byron Murphy responded to it said meet you at 7 p.m uh Jatavian yeah. Sanders said bet you know like come on we're coming um mm -hmm. your, your thoughts on that is that just good hearted fun or do you think that actually can be meaningful for a team and provide motivation well, I mean, the most competitive athlete of all time is probably Michael Jordan. He would look for any little edge. So, you know, if the greatest athlete of all time, you know, at least in my view, uh, look for any little edge, uh, it, there must be some value there. Uh, I, I, you know, I just couldn't believe it when I saw it was a guard saying that, you, you know, you're either going to go up against Devondre Sweat or Byron Murphy. Uh, it looks like he's going to take one for the team there. You know, run out, run out and take all the shrapnel while everybody else escapes behind him, I guess. Um, Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed like, uh, you know, low reward, high risk uh, for him to do that. But maybe on his, his side, he's trying to galvanize his troops. He's trying to rally. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's creating the rallying cry uh, behind the scenes for them. Uh, nothing matters other than what happens out on the field. And then, you know, whoever whoever comes out on top is going to come out thumping their chest like they were right all along. Yeah, I think Jatavian uh, Sanders, I don't know if you remember this uh, last year when uh, Texas beat uh, uh, Iowa State in Austin. The game, yeah, yeah Jatavian Sanders was waving by. And Matt Campbell, the the head coach at at, uh, at Iowa State, literally started pointing at uh, at Jatavian Sanders. Uh, furthermore, Matt Matt Campbell has been a little hot headed. Uh, he's taking it out on fans. Yeah, he got into he got into with a fan earlier in the year. I think after the uh, Ohio loss, they lost to Ohio somehow. And yeah, uh, um, that's pretty funny. That and and I was saying this. I think that the two whiniest coaches in the Big Twelve. I mean, truly whiny are Sonny Dykes with the officials. I mean, he's always working them, yeah. has everything. I mean, his team never does anything wrong, including grabbing Xavier Worthy by the waist and turning him around. I mean, that was just a horrible call, apparently. And then an out-of-bounds personal foul penalty where literally they jumped on Xavier Worthy. To, to, Sonny Dykes is just one of those whiners, in my opinion. They, some people do it. Uh, they think it works for their in, on behalf of their team, and I get it. Matt Campbell, I mean, he seems to take it to a different level – his is almost like true anger, not just trying to work the officials. Like he's he's like mad uh, when, frankly, his his team doesn't get a call go its way when you know that wasn't targeting a year ago on Hunter Deckers. Right. Uh, what do you is that? You know what do you I, I think? Of guys like that that are just taking this. They're they're taking it and compare them to Steve Sarkeesian who. Truth be told, I wish he worked the officials more, probably. I think Sark, yeah, I think Sark's worked the officials and his own players more, probably. You know, he can be a little passive. Now, I know he's not passive behind the the in the locker room. Yeah, right. I've, I've heard some good stories about that, you know, him, him, him laying into him pretty dang good uh, after the Wyoming game in particular. But, 
Uh, I mean, every coach has a person, you, you know, I think that um, anytime you're under duress, your true personally personality comes out. So, you know, we'd never be surprised to hear that Matt Campbell has road rage from time to time or something like that. You know? <laughs> uh, I can see that. So I, I just think that he's, he exposes himself when those, in those uh, uh, situations where they're, that are uh, intense and, and he's probably looking for some sort of competitive advantage with the referees like Dykes as well. Yep. All right. Hey, uh, last thing I want to touch on is this, and that's the running back at the University of Texas. Uh, and going up, the loss of Jonathan Brooks is is absolutely critical to this team. How critical, we'll find out perhaps on Saturday night. But uh, Iowa State invites the run with that three three five, and then gives you a look and then takes it away at the last minute, right? Um, what do you think of the Texas run game going into this game against Iowa State? And what are your expectations of it, really? I mean, do you think they're going to be okay without Jonathan Brooks? Do you think he's going to be, like, sorely, sorely missed? Like, the run game goes from what has been basically an A, A-minus this year to a C? Or is it just going to become a B, B-minus? I mean, what what do you think the drop-off might be against a team like Iowa State? Yeah, I, no, I think I think there's going to be it's a critical loss. I, I think you know I think he gets a lot of uh, extra yardage uh, more than what they're blocked for right now. I think Baxter's getting more of what it, what it is blocked for. So we're going to get an idea of uh, wins above replacement are you know to use a baseball term this week. I think Brooks uh, gets a lot of extra yards. Sometimes you know that 74 yard screen pass the other day. I don't know that Baxter <laughs> uh, comes close to approximating that. So there's going to be a lot of hidden yardage uh, hidden yardage uh, lost in this game. Uh, due to the last the the loss of Brooks, uh, and you know he's big because Texas isn't all that great at sustaining longer drives, and you know I think Cedric Baxter is more of a you know four five six yards and a cloud of dust rather than that big big play threat, uh, and so yeah, I, and I think it's critical they might have to throw the ball around a little bit more than they'd like to to open up the run game and uh, to really open up complementary offensive football. You think we'll see more of that diamond formation like what we see it right now once or twice a game. You think we might see it three to five plays a game where Keelan Robinson, uh, who, by the way, practiced earlier this week, was not available uh, against uh, uh, against TCU. But you think we'll see more Keelan Robinson, more Jaden Blue, more Savion Red in that kind of multi-back look? Well, I, I don't know about in that look necessarily, but they do need more Jaden Blue because that does replace some of the big plays, play threat that they lose with Brooks. Uh, and, you know, he's deserving of the carries as well. It wasn't that he wasn't getting carries because he, he didn't deserve it. It was just that, you know, he was third guy in, uh, in the loop. Uh, now I expect to see a lot more of him. And really, if he just breaks, you know, one or two good good chunk runs a game, that's going to help out quite a bit. Uh, but Baxter's got to have to run a lot lot tougher through contact. Um, I, I've i seen a lot of people questioning his uh, – his talent level, uh, just because he's running a, a bit timid lately, I don't think that that's uh, indicative of his talent. I think that's just, um, you know, lacking decisiveness, a little uncertain. I think that has uh, more to do with uh, lack of experience than than who he is as a runner. All right. I uh, want to say thanks to our sponsor one more time and ask you one more question. Uh, our sponsor is Adam Lowy, the Lowy Law Firm. He's been doing this for a couple of decades, helping injured Texans who've been hurt on the job or in a car wreck. Give him a call for a free consultation. 512-280-0800 or visit him at lowylawfirm.com. Thanks, Adam, for your support of uh, Inside Texas and on Texas football. All right, uh, here, here we go, uh, Eric. The question I have is offense. Are we expecting Quinn Ewers to suddenly solve the 3-3-5 against Iowa State and Steve Sarkeesian to solve it? Are we looking for a big game from – Adonai Mitchell or Xavier Worthy, where do you think Texas on offense tries to really make hay in this game? 
Ooh, that's a tough call. Um, you know, I think they're probably going to have to catch that safety coming downhill uh, and, and exploit that open space, probably with Adonai or Worthy. Worthy, you know, Worthy had an exceptional game against TCU. Adonai Mitchell is still that big play guy. So I, I think just having two receivers out there that, that they haven't had enough of, especially with a healthy Quinn against his defense, I'm not overly worried about it. I think Sark has has solved this one or at least made – made uh, uh, he's made up a lot of ground solving it. Uh, over the long term, I think you'll you know probably see more big sets and still run the ball, especially with Baxter. If they can get Baxter going, I mean, it's, that's within the realm of possibility that Baxter does have a good day. Uh, things will be a lot easier. Uh, but I, I think you know the addition of Adonai Mitchell. We talked about it before. Is that he's he's really helping the run game out, just being out there uh, as much as anything else. But I, I do think Adonai can have a big game. I'm over. Uh, you know, last year I think uh, Whittington's one touchdown came against uh, uh, against Iowa State. Uh, I'm over predicting Whittington ever having a breakout again, but I mean, there's there's always open yards for him. Well, that that is a good question, right? I mean, they they play that three high to kind of invite you to throw the ball underneath, which you would think would help the slot receiver out at Texas a, a lot. But you know, Quinn has not checked it down to Whittington much this year at all. Um, uh, you know, he's not coached to do it. You know, that's not. I don't even think that first read is deep, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think Whittington is just a forgotten man in this offense. Um, like I said the other day, if he was in Tom Herman's offense, Whittington would be a 60-catch guy, and everybody, like, all of a sudden, you know, you got to get the ball to him more often. Now, I get the reason that Sark doesn't do it, but I, I would like to see Whittington mixed in much more. Is that is that Quinn Ewers maybe trying to go for too much uh, deeper, or is that – Well, like, sometimes or is it is. Is it a process they're going through as he learns, you know, third and four – if Jordan Jordan or Jordan Whittington's at the sticks or past it, and five yards open, you hit him instead of trying to go deep. Well, yeah, we saw that the other day um, on the third down conversion. Whittington's right, right in the same line of sight, in the same exact line of sight as Worthy, and he goes for the the, the more difficult throw, which is you know ten more yards. But Whittington would have got those ten more yards because he was that wide open. Uh, I think it's just about coaching. Got it. All right, uh, that's uh, Eric Nolene, publisher, InsideTexas.com. I want to finish with this. Not only are the Longhorns coming off a, a nine and one uh, uh, season thus far, Eric, uh, and a win at TCU, they have to go on the road again in Ames. We have the Bo Davis angle that's played that we've talked about here. We have this Iowa State offensive lineman uh, that's uh, talked his uh, trash, so to speak. Um, but I, I go back to something that happened uh, after that interception last week where Jordan Whittington got off the turf, not over, not only after missing a tackle, but then went back and stripped the guy. And Xavier Worthy ran 100 yards plus on that single play. Mm-hmm. I, I just go back to those things being emblematic of this program turning a corner. And, you know, that's what they've got to lean on going to Iowa State this weekend. Is that right. – you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, when I saw that play last week, I knew they were going to win. Uh, you know, that was pretty much the nail in the coffin for me. Now, they made it a lot closer in the second half. But if they play without effort uh, that, that the team leaders are playing with, you know, they're going to win. That's just, you know, there's just so many different ways they can win. They can win with defensive line. They can win throwing the ball. They can win running the ball. They can win with a big special teams play. Uh, but if they, ha- they have to have the effort first and foremost. And if they play with that sort of effort, you know, they're, they're the only team that can beat themselves right now uh, is them. And, you know, really when they're playing their best, they're as good as anybody in the country. Uh, so it's it's up to the Sark, it's up to the players to play their best for four quarters. There's really no excuse for it. So you know, I don't, you're on the road in Ames. They're they're talking trash to you. Um, you know, you you got your butt kicked there two years ago. Uh, if if you can't play for four quarters this week and, and it's a close game and and you're still, uh, you know, seventh in the in the playoff standings, you know, I don't want to hear it.
Yeah, fair. That's fair assessment. That's Eric Nalene, publisher, InsideTexas.com. Eric and I are on Inside Texas each and every day, uh, publishing articles as well as answering questions on the message board and, and, and uh, in creating conversation around Texas football, recruiting, and other news and information. Make sure you choose. If you want to get a subscription, please do so. We're running a special right now. $1 for two months. It's an introductory special. $1 for two months. Make sure you use promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23 and select the monthly offer. Join us over there at Inside Texas. For Eric Nolene, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been State of the Program on Texas Football. Hook them. <laughs>